Immediately following the recording of this episode, the NBA decided to suspend the 2020 NBA season in response to coronavirus. This escalated quickly as the Jazz Thunder postponed the start of their game because two Jazz players were sick and they decided to get them tested for coronavirus. Rudy Gobert tested positive. The NBA then suspended all games beginning the following day. Uh, they also suspended that Jazz Thunder game that was to occur and also a Pelicans-Kings game that were to occur later that night because an official at the game had recently called a game for the Utah Jazz. 58 people in the Jazz organization were tested immediately following these events and currently only one tested positive and that's Donovan Mitchell. American MLS Major League Soccer has suspended their season as well. Currently, most NCAA conference tournaments have been canceled. The March Madness tournament itself is set to be played without fans, but I anticipate uh, it's likely to be canceled as well after all, all these other events. The Seattle Mariners baseball games will not take place in Seattle for at least the next month. And these are just the first dominoes to fall as coronavirus spreads and fear, whether warranted or not, will spread as well. Uh, there will likely be more and more cancellations in the sports world due to cities and states limiting gatherings of people and potential fear from players. Uh, we discuss in this episode how fear can really take away the controlled variables you once had in a sporting environment. And even if one player on a basketball court is going to sit out or play differently out of fear, that's like a tainted product on the season on that game. So if players are legitimately sick, um, like we've seen they are, and we've been told that this can spread without noticing sy symptoms necessarily, it's reasonable to suspend the season so all of your players don't get it, their families don't get it. Um, and really, if you think about it, if like even one person's life can be saved because you didn't have a basketball game where the people at it then spread it to their family members and someone passed away, I mean... There, there's things that are out of your control, but it's reasonable um, to suspend it. So with all this news, Austin and I considered scrapping this episode, uh, but we felt there was still valuable content um, that was provided with an understanding that things could change very soon. We talk about that in the episode. So you can still hear us discuss our thoughts on coronavirus in the sports world, Yusuf Nurkic's return, um, however long this suspension will now push that back, the recent stretch of games for the Blazers where they went 3-3 three and three in a relatively easy stretch, and what that means for this season. So still listen to the episode. Uh, I got a, a few more thoughts before it starts, though. So with that all in mind, I want to hit on a couple points based on the recent news of this suspended season. First, if any team is going to benefit from this extra break in the season, it's likely to be the Blazers, okay? And no, I'm not trying to be insensitive. I recognize these are real people with real illnesses and real families that could be particularly vulnerable to a viral sickness. But from a basketball standpoint, the Blazers potentially could benefit from this break, uh, considering the potential return of Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins. For the final 16 games of the season, they could have them both back, which would be huge, considering the Grizzlies would only be two and a half games ahead of the Blazers if the Blazers beat them in this next game, which would have been tonight, but will not, um, thanks to the suspension. So all that to say, the whole space-time continuum of the NBA has been broken. There's a butterfly effect of, well, we wouldn't have made that trade if we knew the Blazers would be back full strength for the rest of the season, you know, and then the Blazers of, we would have, you know, we got gypped if, if the playoffs were to start immediately. We got gypped because we would have traded Whiteside if we knew we would have no games with Nurk and we'd miss the playoffs anyway. Like, everything will be thrown off regardless because of the suspension of games. It's going to be an asterisk kind of season. That's just the way it is. Um, and I say this to throw out one proposal. 
We talk in this episode later on about just delaying the season. I've heard many uh, radio shows already say they'll probably just cut off the regular season and go straight to the playoffs in a couple months. And I'm here to argue strongly against that. Um, as a Blazers fan, obviously, it's it's near and dear to my heart to give them a chance to make it out of the 9 seed into the 8 seed to actually make the playoffs. But if the NBA wants to go straight to the playoffs, limit games in order to still give players an offseason, whatever the case is, this is what I feel is the best way to significantly shorten the season and go straight to the playoffs, while also keeping intrigue and giving teams just outside the playoff picture a chance to make the push they would have made in the regular season. Have a full league playoff, okay? Uh, I'll let Austin tweet this down all he wants. I just want to be on the record saying this. As someone who, who typically thinks playoffs should be more exclusive, less teams, give every team a shot. You can't exclude teams based on, oh, they're eliminated from playoff contention, this and that. It's going to get too tricky. There's, It's going to get too confusing, okay? This season is already fluky enough as it is. Just make one big playoff, okay? Make it a 32-team playoff. Obviously, there's only 30 teams, so the one seeds will just have a bye week, uh, which makes sense because the Lakers and Bucks are five and a half games and six and a half games ahead of their two seeds, while the two seeds are followed more closely, like two, three games. Um, so the, the one seeds have separated themselves enough to earn a bye. The, uh, other than that, just have that 32-team tournament set up where... 15 seed plays the two seed. You got the the Warriors playing the Clippers. That's exciting. I mean, Steph Curry's back. Um, you know, the hope would be you don't have a 15 seed winning, you know, actually beating a two seed. But just to make it open to everyone, to not make it more confusing, just make it a full tournament just like that. Uh, so then the Blazers, the nine seed, would be playing the eight seed Grizzlies if it were go to go straight to the playoffs. So there are so many reasons to do this. Um, the best teams in the East are in, are in no danger of losing to the bottom feeders. Okay, the, the Raptors aren't going to lose to the Cavs, you know, the, the Bulls, the Wizards, the Knicks, like the Hawks. The Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Pacers, 76ers should be in no danger. Okay, the, the East should be relatively unchanged. You know, maybe the, the Wizards have a chance on the Magic. The Hornets might have a chance on the Nets. I mean, maybe even Kevin Durant will come back after this. Who knows? Um, we talked about that a little bit in this episode, too. But uh, this... If they were to do a full-on tournament with the whole league, um, things should go relatively chalk, um, other than the West up to the 12 seed being similar in standing, so things could get shaken up there. Uh, but with this, this could obviously lead to the opening of the discussion of a revised playoff setting or even a mid-season tournament, which we've talked about before. I'm not arguing for either of those things right now. I'm just saying if the NBA is faced with the prospect of ending the regular season, please make a fully full league tournament so the Blazers, Kings, Spurs, and Pelicans playoff and season hopes are not just immediately crushed. Um, like I said, hopefully we can just come back in, you know, maybe a week, maybe two weeks, maybe a month or two, and the NBA can just pick right back up where they left off, you know? Um, and like I said, the Blazers would benefit from that. Regardless, um, we obviously are just, you know, praying for people, praying that Rudy Gobert heals up, Donovan Mitchell heals up. This hasn't spread more than we already know in the NBA. Uh, we've seen, you know, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson have coronavirus. So just praying that people heal up. Um, there's a lot of vulnerable, pe vulnerable people in our country, in the world. Um, obviously, we don't want to take this more lightly than, it, than, than we are. Um, we want to take it seriously. And uh, 
with that being said, we're a sports podcast. So um, thank you for listening and, and hopefully you tune into the rest of this episode. Yo, I'm coming from that 3-6, so that's why I got them brain spinning. Ain't nobody using blinkers, we ain't good at lane switching. Better get a plane ticket, I ain't flying all you chickens, though. Always shoot my shot, better swishing off the pick and roll. Dishing off the give and go, all my squad is driven, so you can catch us on the road. Promise we ain't doing shows, so that means if you ain't with us, you ain't with us. Rip City, are you listening? I'm Christian Gamalian, I'm talking with co-host Austin Caphammer, and this is the Peeps and Plaid Podcast. The Blazers are 29-37, and 37, yet again in the ninth place in the West. Three and a half games behind the Memphis Grizzlies with only 16 games left in the season. What? <sighs> so, we finally got the news we've been waiting for. Yusuf Nurkic is set to return this Sunday, March 15. For the Golden State Warriors? Oh, no. Uh, uh, no? What? <laughs> Not the Golden State Warriors? Then what was that picture about? Wait, I, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. The G League photo. You saw the G League. See, that's how we keep it oh. organic over here at Peeps and Plaid. What? That's how we keep it organic at Peeps and Plaid. We keep surprises. We keep them tucked. We don't talk about them before the show. Yusuf Nurkic is on the Santa Cruz. I'm, I'm actually, I am surprised, though, that, that you didn't see that before this. I just had to drop that oh, bomb. I was literally just on Blazer's Edge, where I get all the cutting-edge Blazer's news. I saw nothing about Yusuf Nurkic in a Warriors jersey. What the heck? First Warriors take bio-freeze for their uh, practice facility, and now they take Yusuf Nurkic? What kind of society are we living in? They're creeping in, and then I know you didn't want to talk too much about the coronavirus, but then his his, his return might also be tainted by the uh, by this this recent, um, I don't know, dare I say, constraint or... Uh, pandemic, that the World well, Health Organization has called it. Well, I was more so discussing the actual restrictions that they're that are coming as a result of this pandemic so i don't want to get too far into coronavirus because guess what we've all heard everything about it probably uh and my biggest uh what's the word criticism of the world right now is how much they're freaking out we'll say Buy your stocks now. Bye, bye, bye. Uh, so, my point is, don't make fun of coronavirus. Like, don't be stupid. Don't like, oh, I lick my hand and I took, like, don't be stupid. Gosh. But, like, also, like, don't be in a panic. Just, you know, spend some more time by yourself with your family. Don't go out there and be crazy. Okay? But also, don't, like create mass panic um don't make fun of it because like you might have a really good friend or someone who's sitting by you on the bus whatever the case is i said the bus uh, and 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 like they might have someone who's like has who's immunocompromised in their household or something like that and it's like christian, it could be what? christian drives drives uh with with the youth and i'd imagine that he probably hears some pretty ridiculous stuff can you imagine like I heard, I don't know. I remember hearing a couple jokes being cracked about the swine flu back in the day. But these kids nowadays, they got access to way too much information. These kids oh, are for real. These kids are probably just giving it to each other on on this in this bus, man. It's not it's not good. Christian's Christian's got a front row seat, literally. I made the huge mistake. There there was students talking about the coronavirus, this or that, uh, and then they're like oh, why is the bus this or that? I don't remember what it was. And I was like, oh, I think there was a field trip to Seattle this last weekend. And they're like, Seattle? What? Coronavirus? I was like, oh my goodness, calm the heck down. Uh, so 
things are handled. I'm perfectly healthy. We were just we just had a meeting where we were like talking about oh clean everything. Oh my gosh, clean, clean, clean. And it's true. It's good. We need to clean things. Be be cleanly, people. That's so so another thing that we just saw, or at least I, I think you saw, saw right before we started recording, was apparently the Oklahoma City Thunder and who who else? We are uh, live recording during the OKC Thunder and Utah Jazz game that has currently been on pause because of potential coronavirus of a player. That's, uh, <laughs> well, that's, the headline that I read was like sickness of a player. I was like, mm, wait a second. You understand? Sick, so listen, 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 listen. It would be bad if a player if they had to postpone the game in this fashion, seeming so disorganized, players, COVID-19, yes, bad. It would look it would look really bad if he did it and the NBA did it this. I feel like it would just look very like unorganized as a response. I feel like a lot of people out there might be listening to me right now thinking, oh well, you know, you could look at it and think, oh well, at least they show that they don't value their profits more than their players' health and they ended up in the game. Anyways, my response as a as a as a past PR professional is those are th- those are that's crisis, that's crisis management, and that's stuff that you have to plan for long before a player shows up and a game is about to tip off yeah. that's for 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 a, for an international global organization those are things that it's just shocking that it's that's not prepared for you know we're not even really like christian yeah. said going to get into too much of the whole you know fans not being there we already talked about how it might spoil Yusuf's return but you know you guys are getting enough of that but yeah um the nba that 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 is just shocking that we just had seen that right before we started recording. Yeah, so I, obviously we will keep you updated on whatever we see on that. But uh, the point is, things are getting a little out of hand because of this panic, which may or may not be warranted. You know, I'm I'm not an expert on coronavirus. Uh, because of this panic, we're going to have. You know, obviously the the Warriors game already is going to be without fans, which is crazy. Uh, but now that they're in the middle of a game and they're like, oh my gosh, I think someone's sick. I'm terrified. I'm not ready to play basketball. Because of that, we're likely to see some postponed games and or just no fans in arenas, that kind of thing. So How's just that because... Gonna, how is that going to work, though, if the games are... I'm not even concerned about the fans not being there. Yeah, whatever. Going to be weird. Ha ha. LeBron's not going to play. He really would. Um, but... You know, postponing games, that's a little bit different because those games are going to have to be played at some point. They're not going to cut the season short. Yeah. Maybe they will. I heard on, on the radio, uh, I think it was Brian No Show, just talking about how he's already been an advocate for uh, pushing the season back, or at least he had heard this from someone. I'm not I'm not putting words in Brian No's mouth, but uh, just to have the season not conflict so much with NFL, where if you start in December, January, you got prime time right there all the way through August, where it's like you're competing with MLB, but what does that even mean? So yeah, I mean, it it could be interesting to be like, hey, let's let's take two weeks off, see what happens. And then they're like, oh, let's take another two weeks off. Okay, now let's come right back. Uh, it's going to throw a wrench in everything. Well, and, and it's not even necessarily so much about how that affects this season. Obviously, it does to a great extent. But yeah. how does that affect next season? That's like the lockout where it's like you just have this super long off season, and then you got to play really quick. And then, you know, lockout wasn't even pushed. It didn't necessarily delay the season, I don't remember, at least not substantially. Yeah. So it just had started late. Whereas this would potentially if the games were to be made up and not just cut in half or you know because that would i feel like some teams would would 
claim the cheated out of a playoff seed card or you know what I mean? Oh, totally. Like, I mean, and, the Blazers would. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause the, the lockout season was what a 66, 68 game season. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but uh, it was significantly shorter. And if, if the season were to end right now, it'd be right around there, but you can't just end the season. Like people would lose their minds because yeah. you, you can't just be like, all right, no more regular right. season. So, we'll come back in a couple of months for the playoffs. Like, so no. then if, so then if they commence playing at, at, at one point or another, and which by the way, Christian, you make a good point. They could say, okay, let's suspend it for two weeks. Okay. Situation doesn't really get severely worse or maybe uh, severely better. Where does that leave you indefinitely going forward? Just an indefinite suspension, suspension. Eventually some action has to be taken. So if these games are, at the first level, I guess before if shit really hits the fan, excuse my uh, French, um, at the first level, you know, they, they're they going to have to play these games again at some point. And yeah. that that would make next season's season, like the offseason, would be ridiculous. I mean, I would imagine here's, – here's one of my takes that I'll also add as a plug to our new challenge coming later in the show um, – I will say that if they push the season back substantially, I would see I could see the NBA also shortening the following season um, by a number of games. Just because if if that playoff time runs too late and players only have I don't know three yeah. two three months, that's that's not going to be good either. And and the other the other option is you know with that idea I was talking about that Brian No was talking about earlier today. If you were to postpone it and then have the playoffs in, you know, June, July, August, whatever the case is, then you you cut it short and then you hear the players like, oh, man, it's pretty nice to be, you know, doing this in uh, in August. You know, I'm not saying that would, would definitely be the case. But if they do mm-hmm. say that, then maybe they're like, OK, what if we just push the season back from where it normally starts? Mm-hmm. And they could try it next season and then they're like, ah, we don't like that. Let's just go back to normal. Let's have a shortened season. That's always possible. But. Uh, you know, there's there's definitely a lot of ways this could go down. I anticipate, uh, at least for a lot of the teams in the league, they will be going without fans or postponing games. Uh, the, the, the thing is, once it gets to a certain level of panic and you're in the middle of a game and they're like, should we keep playing? Like, you've lost control of whatever, you know, control you once had. So, I, I mean, we see it in Camas, Washington, where, you know, there's something that was not ideal that a principal said uh i'm not going to go deep into it uh but because of like widespread panic it basically shut down the high school which, for like a week it was crazy that that really that did it it there was no school for like two days out of the week where they're like if you want to go home you can go home and what they had a lockdown a dummy what a dummy she she made local news the principal made local news no, here she, in no, in oh, oh. in Phoenix. That's what I so mean. So I think it's I think it's one thing to make national news because national news outlets can pull from you, but one step further is when local news outlets in foreign states pull from national outlets yeah. because your story is so good, right? Like we all see one or two of those when we check, like like uh, I don't know, K two News. I'll check it. There might be one thing from Florida. There's always something from Florida, but yeah, um, it's. To get on there and see that that was made local news for here, that was yeah. ridiculous. I was cracking up. And that's the thing. It's, it's something where it's like, you know, should this person's entire career be ruined because of one stupid thing they said? Like, probably not. I mean, it, it shows the importance of your words and using discretion, all that. Yeah. But it's like, you get things snowball. You know, coronavirus stuff sm- snowballs. And, Maybe and it's good to have no fans, whatever the case is. But 
it gets into this panic and then you lose control because it's like, oh no, what if so and so has coronavirus and I'm playing basketball with him, I'm gonna die. Like, yeah. it just it gets out of hand and it's this whole social media age where everyone's an expert on everything. Well, before I bombed your intro, what other things did you want to discuss here today? Uh, let's get back on the train track. Yeah, so <laughs> you said Nurkic is coming back March fifteenth. Yeah, will this? Uh, uh, this will raise a lot of questions. Is it too little too late for the Blazers? We'll talk about that again. Uh, we'll be adding a new tradition later in the episode, which Austin already alluded to, uh, so we'll bring that up later. In order to look ahead to the playoffs for the Blazers, we need to look behind. About two weeks ago at our last episode, I said the Blazers have a favorable seven-game stretch with most of the games at home ending against the Memphis Grizzlies. And this... Seven-game stretch was the Blazers' true shot to take over that eighth seed. We know the Blazers have the talent, okay? Like, obviously injuries exist, and they're not ideal. But I will take Damian Lillard over any player they're facing in that seven-game stretch. I'll take CJ as a number two and Hassan as a number three over any second or third options on any of those teams. So the Blazers should be able to win seven out of seven if they really try. I mean, like, five out of seven, six out of seven, very realistic. They went three and three, which is not atrocious, but certainly not what you want to see from what we've been calling for a long time a playoff team. And, you know, with, with Nurkic and Collins back, which obviously don't they don't have yet, they're a different eighth seed than you've ever seen before, that kind of talk. It's, it's not gone down like that, okay? This last game against the Suns was encouraging, similar to the Wizards game. But you can't take one game and be like, oh, it's turned around, because the Blazers continue to have these problems. They're not defending at the three-point line. One of the worst White's. defensive teams in the league. Yeah, yeah. So what has happened in the last couple of weeks, weeks, Austin? What, what are you thinking from these six games where the Blazers have gone three and three? Well, what I'm thinking is a little bit even more of a, a an overarching trend I've noticed this year, and I tweeted about it on our, on our podcast account, is I really, really, really like the CJ and Mello lineup uh, when those two guys are on the floor. Um I've noticed in recent games, obviously Melo had a bad game. I think it was in Phoenix. Uh, I, by the way, I went to the game here in Phoenix uh, with uh, Tara oh. Biggs. And, oh, sorry, uh, yeah. that was, that was not, in the game, not to you or not, Tara. That's for oh, sure. come on. Wash is going to get a crack up out of that. Uh, but, yeah, so it was really fun. We went with uh, Janice and um, a couple other people. We have uh, uh, a new follower as well. I'm sorry if uh, name is escaping me at the moment. I think it's Vanessa, I believe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We went with a lot of people. Um but yeah, we went to this game, good seats, uh, Aaron Baines went off. My girlfriend is now an Aaron Baines fan. Um, she's, by the way, for everybody listening, she's by all intents and purposes a, a, a Portland Trailblazers fan, but she, going that night, decided that Aaron Baines is is definitely someone to watch, which, by the way, Poetic Justice didn't, like, get anything uh, when, when Suns came to Portland last night. Um, but yeah, so I, I noticed that Aside from, like, the game, I think it was Phoenix, where Melo was just, oh, God, ugly. I've noticed that that staggered lineup of, of him and and, um, him and him and CJ, along with Dame and, 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 I think, Hassan, kind of produces a little bit more of a steady flow of points. Um, I need to get some hard numbers on that. that. That sounded like a pretty casual way to state that. But, uh, like, we don't have a bench right now. We don't have numbers. We don't have bodies, yeah. right? So, like, totally. we have to we have to basically wring the towel on as many matchups that we get. So um, what have I seen in the last two weeks? Uh, Gary Trent emerged as an elite defender. 
on our team, on our team, not in the league. Uh, top five all time. No, I think he's. I think he is definitely one of the better defenders. One of he's 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 probably in the top thirty to forty defenders right now in the league. Right? Like, I mean, he's the, there's thirty teams in the league, unless that. No, you don't think so? I'm not there. No, not at all. Really? I mean, if you think about it, and that's not really saying much, though, in, in my opinion. I think yeah. that most teams only have one or two guys that really are playing persistent, persistent defense. Yeah. So to be a uh, – yeah. And some guys right. that can play really stellar defense just don't, right? Mm-hmm. So Because, like, know. Lakers have, like, four or five top 40 guys. Clippers have, like, three or four top 40 guys at defense. You know, Jazz have at least Gobert, you know. Blazers have Hassan and like maybe Hassan because he's getting blocks, but not the most efficient defender. Okay, when all well, things are what considered. I am saying, what I am saying is, we found out that we have role players that we can depend on in some of these staggered lineups yes. to to fill to kind of fill the gap a little bit. And my coup de grace to the statement would be use of Nurkic returning could be yeah. a really really good time to emphasize those staggered lineups. And that's the thing. The platoon swaps are not going to work with this many injured players, okay? If if your platoon swap has, you know, whatever the case is, last like a couple years ago has Zach Collins and Ed Davis coming off the bench, that's pretty good. When you have Anthony Simons, who's young and is, you know, every other game he has confidence and then he just screws it up. And then Hazonia, who's just, like, terrible, except for when he decides he wants to make shots, uh... Like, this isn't a team you can depend on the bench for. So don't have an entire platoon swap. Stagger it. Get the guys enough rest um, so that you can still have your starting lineup at the start and the end of the game. But stagger it other than that. Keep at least one or two really good scorers well, and, on, and in, on the floor. And you've noticed Dame has struggled these couple games back, right? By his standards. By his yeah. standards. He did I mean, good I mean, against the Wizards, yeah. But, but you know, he his handle's just been kind of weird. He's kind weird, of just yeah. fumbled a couple balls. He he hasn't really been taking any brazen shots like he like he had been before he got injured. You know, way way deep. Um, and and this is all relative, right? Like he's yeah. done this. You're all gonna be able to go find film out there of him doing this. But just relative to his how much he was the volume he was doing that prior to his groin injury. But um, totally. So that being said. Damian Lillard struggling a little bit. Yusuf Nurkic coming back in has to work himself in. Great opportunity to line up some chemistry there for both of them to get both of themselves flowing a little bit. CJ McCollum doing pretty well here recently. Great opportunity to keep him in as a bit of an anchor uh, on a staggered lineup with Hassan Whiteside for the boards, for the shots. Because you know him and Mello, when they're in there, CJ and Mello, when they're in there, they're putting up shots. And yeah. the good thing about Melo is not only is Melo putting up shots, but he's fighting for offense, the offensive rebounds that Hassan is not. So Hassan, Melo, and CJ need to see the floor longer together. And then I would I would like to see, but I don't think I will, Stotts um, really stagger and give considerable time to what is potentially the most important duo and relationship on the Portland Trailblazers, not only this year, but in the last couple of years, Yusuf Nurkic and Damian Lillard. Yeah, get uh... – CJ and Whiteside a lot of time together. Get Damon Nurk time together. That sounds great. Yeah. Uh, one, one wrench I want to throw in before we get back to the the six games. Uh, I saw that uh, Nurk looks relatively skinny to himself the last yeah. few years. And I heard that he's practicing three-pointers. Do you think it's possible at all? We, we've talked about how it doesn't make sense. It's not a good fit. Do you think it's possible at all that with a 
transformed body and skill set with the offseason to help that Yusuf Nurkic could legitimately play some power forward with Hassan Whiteside. I think that, and I was just discussing this with Tara and, and, and some of our other fellows uh, here in Phoenix, I think that if you are going to do it, as quirky as it might sound, um, it's it's kind of a, one of those mad scientist experiments. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Hassan is huge, right? So he's your traditional, like, he, well, no, I shouldn't say traditional, but he's he's a seven-footer, right? He's a legit seven-footer. Um, and then he... he he really just he has cement feet he has cement feet and he kind of has cement hands at time at times um at least as offensively speaking yusuf on the other hand has like these magical like feathery soft like catch anything you throw at me hands um doesn't dunk like hassan does they're they're, they're yin and yang they're they're completely different hassan actually is a decent three-point shooter um and can stretch the floor, and more importantly than his three-point uh, three shooting, what he actually does more is, you know, he'll, he'll spot up. He'll spot up on the baseline or at the elbow. And I think I feel a lot more confident with him doing that as opposed to Nurk. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I feel a lot more confident with Nurk in the pick and roll. I think that... And just, Hassan also bites on a lot that you don't want your center biting on. He'll, yes. he'll play defense and he'll go out for something... And you're like, dude, like, stay put. You will get the block if you're just standing there. But he, he just lets people blow by him sometimes where it's like, that might be more ideal as a, as a power forward where, you know, Nurkic can be the solid presence right there. But I, I don't know about that. I don't think Hassan can legitimately play power forward effectively enough to Oh, keep no, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought you were going to be saying uh, Yusuf would be playing a, a, a kind of a power forward almost. Well, that's, that's what I was saying. But then you got into the three-point shooting and the, you know, the, I don't know. Yeah. I, we got we got some mixed signals in there. No, but I mean, I I would just say that they're they're very very contrasting styles, and I think that if you wanted to be a mad scientist, you might be able to find a way to pull it off. Yeah, um, I, I want to jump back to the games. So, obviously, like the Wizards game and the most recent Suns game were really good showings. Uh, the the Blazers starting lineup had pretty similar stats as far as. Four out of five Blazers getting 20-plus points, and the the fifth one getting 15-plus. So really awesome to see that in a win. Uh, Blazers against Magic. I think that was, uh, yeah, Dame came back against the Wizards. So a good win. Blazers 130 over Magic 107 with CJ McCollum leading it. So it's awesome to see that he can do that. Uh, The thing is, Blazers against Suns with Dame and CJ Blazers lost 127 to 117. Like you said, Aaron Baines lit us up. He was 7 for 8 from three-point land for, you know, a stretch. Ended up 9 for 14. But the point is, 6 is the number. If Aaron Baines makes 6 three-pointers, there is no excuse to have him open. At all. Whatsoever. From three-point And we were within 5 points uh, before the half. Or directly yeah, after that, yeah. I think it was, oh, man. That. it was it was a game where Blazers kept on getting these runs, and then the Suns kept pulling away afterward. Yeah, but yeah. that that game was just atrocious for so many reasons. Defense was so terrible. There were multiple defensive possessions where the Suns ran a play, unlike the Blazers, and the play ended up getting all of the defense literally on one half of the basketball court. The hoop is here. All of the defense is there. And you'd have Aaron Baines and one other player on the other side. 
That is completely unacceptable. It makes no sense whatsoever. I'm not saying I'm a genius and could make sure that doesn't happen, but guess what? These guys are getting paid millions of dollars. That should never happen, okay? Uh, so the Blazers learned from their mistakes, and they came back and beat the Suns in a really good game last night. Like I said, four players with 20 points or more, uh, 15 points for the other starter. Nur- uh, not Nurk. Gosh, I can't wait for him to come back. Hassan <laughs> guarded at the three-point line. He guarded Aaron Baines. He did so effectively. Uh, that's that's. I think that's a, a coaching decision. That's, hey, Hassan, I want you to stick with him because obviously the guy can shoot three-pointers. My goodness. Uh, but... The Blazers did so effectively, and not only that, Hassan, there was one play. Devin Booker had Hassan on him from the three-point. Yeah, he locked him down. I saw that. Exactly. So the dude has enough lateral movement to be able to go out to the three-point line occasionally. I was encouraged by an interview uh, I heard back in the locker room after that game, CJ talking about uh, how the team, you know, they, they talked about the defense. They watched film on the plane ride there, all that. He said that... We want to do our best to support Trevor and Hassan because Trevor's our main. Def- uh, he, Trevor defame, defends the best player on their team, and Hassan guards the paint. That's essentially what I heard from it. Not direct quote. I love that that you can say Trevor is the guy who's going to guard their best player. He's going to guard LeBron. He's going to guard Kawhi Leonard. He's going to guard maybe you know Devin Booker on that night. So it's really encouraging to be like, we have that guy. We got our two offensive amazing guards, Damon CJ. We got our defensive anchor in Trevor Ariza. And we got the paint locked down with Hassan Whiteside. So it's really encouraging to hear those roles and to hear that, you know, they recognize that on as a team. It's not just like, oh, I'll guard my guy. Oh, no, he got by me again. But that they have an identity and they're playing into it. And it worked out well against the Suns in this game. So it's really cool to see that after a terrible showing, they're able to turn that around and beat the Suns well. Uh, that's encouraging for potential playoffs. And 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 Gary, I tweeted this last night too. Gary and, and Ariza on the floor at the same time are dangerous. Yeah, those guys. Those guys yeah. can rip anybody. Uh, I mean, there there are two best three and D players. You got a three and D guard in uh, in Trent and a three and D forward in Ariza. That's great. You put them alongside Dame or CJ and. They'll play well, that's for sure. Yeah, I think you. I think you put them both alongside uh, Damon Nurkic, occasionally, and throw, yeah. and throw a little in there, and then you let CJ and Anthony and, and uh, Whiteside and Melo do their thing. And with Rodney Hood hopefully coming back uh, early next season, it's good stuff, man. That's exciting. I already, I already saw KD was like balling, balling. Like KD was like dunking stuff. I'm like, why are you not back, bro? Yeah, I, I, I was just listening to the radio again and. This guy talking about how KD was at the Lakers game and he's going to be at the Warriors game, but he's not at the first game where their new head coach is there. And it's like, so he's showing up to games for attention, not to support his team. He doesn't I mean, care. That, that might be an oversimplification. Maybe the dude doesn't want to be out if he doesn't really need to because of coronavirus. Maybe he's got important stuff back home that he's like, ah, who, who cares if I'm at this game? But uh, yeah, not the biggest fan of Kevin Durant, uh, personally. But... Uh, well, what do we have to look ahead to? I'm assuming that's our, our last remaining topic here. Grizzlies game on Thursday, tomorrow, uh, or maybe today by the time we get this episode out. Uh, after that, Blazers-Rockets, Yusuf Nurkic. Who knows if fans will be there, but Yusuf Nurkic apparently will be. After that, Timberwolves-Mavericks, Timberwolves-Hornets, Pistons-Celtics. So, 
in the next eight games, Blazers better beat the Grizzlies. They better beat the Timberwolves, better beat the Timberwolves, better beat the Hornets, better beat the Pistons. They should go five and three in the next eight games if they want to make the playoffs. If you lose to the Grizzlies, doesn't really matter probably. Okay. Um, so good segue into our, our closing activity, which I'm assuming is going to be our printed in plaid. Printed in plaid. Printed so, in plaid. Here, here's the plan, all right? It's not, it's not fully developed. Uh, we're, we're busy people who do not develop things quickly. Uh, I have a wall behind me. I'm assuming you can see that in the video. I don't have my video up. There's a wall behind me, and I hope to use sticky notes and arrange them in a plaid fashion and for us to print using our handwriting <laughs> that's beautiful uh print promises that we have print things that we're like this is what is going to happen okay because we're really good at being like oh my gosh i said that a while ago and then we never yeah. bring it up but if we can look back and review oh my gosh you said this this day and you're dead wrong now we uh, have receipts yeah we got receipts i got it right here so if you come on the show there's gonna be some receipts yeah, we're going to get them receipts. We'll show you how it goes. So my plan is for each of us to be required to provide one printed in plaid uh, memory <laughs> that we can look back on. <laughs> so there are three options in a printed in plaid. The other host may co-sign, where we sign my name and we sign your name. They can challenge, where we give a second plaid post-it and write the exact opposite and sign their name. Or, or you can, can get canceled. Get canceled. Get canceled. Not, that's not a good enough challenge, bro. All right? That's not a good enough promise. We all know Dame's going to get 20 points per game this season. Get that out of here. Get canceled. Get so those are our options. We can put one up there. We can co-sign. We can challenge. Or we can cancel. Uh, so, yeah. What do you got, Austin? Well, um, I think... I was kind of a cynic slash skeptic here before the episode. And I, you know what? E even though I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic after my discussion with my good friend Christian, I'm still going to be a, a cynic and, and say that um, our Portland Trailblazers will not make the playoffs this year for the first time since Damian Lillard's uh, rookie year. Uh, back to me on that, right? right? Six or seven seasons, Christian? Maybe? And this is now his eighth season, 2012 oh. draft, 2013. How many 14, 15, 16, 17, 17 18, 19, 20. This is his eighth season. He's been there all but his rookie season. So he's right. been to the playoffs six right. times. Back has been checked. Blazers will miss the playoffs. Signed, Austin. A, 3-11-20. Boom. Christian's going to challenge it. Boom. See, here's the thing. Okay, we have not established this yet. If I... Okay. Do we have to do one of the C's? Cosign, challenge, or cancel? Or can we ignore? What's a C word for ignore? Where I'm just like, oh, yeah, you do no, you. I'm going to do a different one. When your boss comes to you and tells you something's due on this day, it's due. You can't say, you just keep progressing. Man, you well, can't keep collecting checks just saying, oh, I'll ignore, ignore, ignore. Well, because here's mine, all right? We got we got to get to the, to, the, to the root of this, okay? Because you could challenge mine if you want to. Mine is, if the Blazers beat the Grizzlies... The Blazers go to the playoffs. If the Blazers lose to the Grizzlies, the Blazers miss the playoffs. That's all happening tomorrow night, Thursday, 3-12-2020.
Right. So, so, so maybe we say in these cases, whereas one would would exclude the other as even an option, yeah. that that just one party being this time, for example, would be myself, would would basically challenge do one of the three C's. Yeah. Uh, since the other party's bet is has a bearing on on obviously my results, as would be the. If he, if he, okay, I don't need to explain that to you guys. Um, so what I will tell Christian is, I will, I will challenge that. Okay, uh, we'll challenge I, that because I believe that Portland could still beat Memphis, and Memphis could still win the playoffs. More, most importantly, uh, I also believe that. Um, I also believe that that Memphis could beat Portland a lot, a lot less. I believe that a lot less. Yeah, I yeah, believe yeah. that Memphis could beat Portland and Portland could still win. Good luck with that. Get the playoffs. I don't think that's going to happen, but I, I, I think I, mean, I think mostly that um, you know Portland could beat Memphis and, and Memphis could still run away with it. Um, not, I don't know. That's that's why I challenge it. Um, I yeah. see what Christian's doing there with the whole contingent, uh, larger thing based on one smaller event, but uh, very tricky, Christian. Very tricky. We we could say uh, we could say confirm, where we're like, I confirm that that is valid, but I'm not going to co-sign it. No, no, these are too many options. You're Bro, taking okay. away the. These are the taking options. away. Look, things are in high demand, such as our activity here, because such as our scar- toilet paper, because there's scarcity involved. So when when we when we start supplying a lot more options. There's not as much scarcity, thus oh. less demand for this activity, Dang. Christian. Someone went to school, gosh. Uh, here's what mine says, all right, in my horrendous handwriting that will be fixed on hopefully more Blazers-colored Post-it notes in a plaid fashion with some fancy Sharpies instead of this basic pen that I have here by Alaska Airlines, not sponsored. Uh, Blazers playoffs hang on the Grizzlies game. If they win, they go. If they lose, they don't. That is my thing so do you you say you challenge this i challenge okay and do you challenge it in the form of it does not hang on the grizzlies game the blazers will miss the playoffs altogether correct all right boom we're set that is our printed in plaid where we are opposites and opposites certainly do not attract on this podcast couple couple bumps in the road on that first one people but bear with us obviously we have to do a little bit of investing here up front because we're going to look back on a couple of these i'm sure in a, in a couple of seasons and, and and it'll be great we're it'll going to great. invest so hard we will have post-it notes that are various colors and sharpies that write on those post-it notes we're devoted people all right, and it's about that time, team. Thanks for joining us again here on Peeps and Plaid with my co-host, Christian Gamili. Christian, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Austin. And, and shout out to uh, our musical contributor, Anthony Michoni, for the beats. Thanks, man. Love the beats. And uh, go ahead and follow on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook if you want to see a half-completed page. And um, <laughs> the username is going to be Peeps in Plaid. No spaces, just peeps and plaid. So, without also further- Ziggy Zay. Oh. Ziggy Zay is super cool. Ziggy Zay has the best intro ever. Says coming from that three six zero, because Camus uh, Vancouver. Yeah, hey, and you know what, uh, Isaiah, if you're listening to this, we actually got a comment on some Facebook. I mean, on some YouTube video saying, "Hey, what's that song, man? That was lit." So, uh, uh, yeah. So, absolutely, thank you, Ziggy Zay, and uh, yeah, go Blazers. Go Blazers. <laughs>